This reading is taken from 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1 to 11, followed by verse 27 to 31. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one, just as he determines. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gift. This is the word of the Lord. So, what spiritual gifts do you have? Now, there's a question. Has your mind immediately gone to speaking in tongues? Maybe the gift of prophecy or the gift of healing, you know, the ones that show you're a really, truly serious Christian. I must confess that when I ask myself the same question, my first thought is the gift of speaking in tongues, which both scares me and fascinates me in equal measure, by the way. It seems that the Corinthians had the same obsession. At the beginning of our reading this morning, we find Paul, in his letter, responding to a question on spiritual gifts. We see that um, with his word, now. He starts his, this chapter with the word, now. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, he says, 
He's moving on in this letter to address some issues that the newly converted Corinthians were having and had written to him asking for his advice and his help. By the way, spiritual gifts were not the only divisive problem these Corinthians were having. Amongst others, they had problems resolving arguments over marriage and food sacrificed by idols. But here, we see him tackling their confusion over spiritual giftings. It would appear that they hold in highest regard those of them who could speak in tongues, even when apparently one of them cursed the name of Jesus. And they wanted clarification if this was okay. Paul soon dispels that, though. He states in verse 3, Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking by the Spirit of God ever says, let Jesus be cursed. Now he's got that straight, he goes on. You see, they've got themselves all tangled up in a very typically human way, it has to be said. We do like to have hierarchy, don't we? We do all like to have an order, a progression. Perhaps this speaks into our desire for control, and power over others. I am the most important slash spiritual person here because I can speak in tongues. God must love me the most to bless me in such a way. Or we look at others with judgment and decide that, golly, they are, must be super spiritual. Look at all the gifts that God has given them. He must love them so much more than he loves me. We are constantly benchmarking ourselves on others. What they have, what we have, what they haven't got, what we haven't got. And the Corinthians also found themselves in this pickle, which is why they wrote to Paul asking for his help. This division among them was distracting. But more than that, it had become their focus and it was threatening their unity. Paul carries on and lists various varieties of gifts of the Holy Spirit and varieties of service, but underlines that they all come from the same Lord and for the same purpose. I can imagine uh, a bunch of newly and highly energized Christians going about in Corinth, Corinth displaying these gifts, speaking in tongues to anyone who would listen. But they're on their own, and in a sense, showing off their new talents. Gifts are not given for this reason. Verse 7 is key here. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. These are not individual gifts to be indulged in and lorded over others with. They are for the good of the body of Christ, for his church, and are for the building up 
and for the encouraging of others in the faith. Interestingly, I don't know whether you noticed when Paul went on to list some of the spiritual gifts that we heard in our passage, he places wisdom first and the speaking and interpretation of tongues in last place. I wonder if perhaps he was trying to downplay that one as it would appear that's the one they were having so much trouble and confusion understanding. So the Spirit allots each individual giftings in order to unite the people of God. If the gift is not doing that, it's not from God. We are all uniquely different, and God deals with each of us individually. He knows which gift we are best suited to which gift he can use most powerfully within us to build his kingdom. If we don't have the gift of tongues, it's potentially because God has another gift for us that is better suited for us. We receive his gifts for his benefit, not for us. And it's always to build unity. The passage we missed out in our reading, which you probably read on the screen this morning, is that well-known analogy of the body and how we're all different parts making up the whole. We are all needed, all valued, all loved, and we all have a vital role to play. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't met anybody, not even David, who has all the spiritual gifts that Paul lists in our passage this morning, such as apostles, prophets, teachers, healers, speaking in tongues, wisdom, knowledge, and faith. I'm not sure that one person exists right now. But in all of us, together, we probably do, which is why we need each other. We are not the complete body of Christ if one of us is missing. And there are undoubtedly, undoubtedly, people out there that aren't in here this morning that we need to help us to make this body stronger and more complete. At the end of our reading, Paul tantalizingly says, that even with all these gifts, even with all these gifts, there is still a more excellent way. And he continues in chapter 13 with the most beautiful description of love, which I'm sure you're familiar with. Underpinning all the spiritual gifts available to us is the gift of love. Without this grace, without this gift, we are in danger of using anything we are given for our own selfish ends. Love compels us to use all we have in the service of God and each other, our spiritual gifts, our resources, and our time. And all this 
through grace. All gifts are given through the grace of God. All are unearned. All are free. And especially the gift of love. There is always potential for our hearts to be enlarged. This is the most beautiful and enriching experience. And having just come back from a week's silent retreat on Tuesday, I can testify to this. When I was, I haven't written this down actually, when I was on retreat, I had the most amazing experience of God enlarging my heart in a very poignant way I had some baggage in my heart that needed to be cleared out. Um, it was in a big metal chest, which Jesus pulled out from the middle corner of my heart, lifted it up, and got out two big, heavy cloaks. One was self-doubt, and one was insecurity. And he went, you don't need those anymore. And he freed up that space in my heart and made it bigger. And the love and the joy that I experienced in that moment, I can't tell you. But such love, which comes from God, such love for me, for such love for you, for where I'm going, for all the people we're going to meet, all the new friends we're going to make, it was huge. And I carry that with me for you and for them. But without that gift of love from God, both knowing that we are unconditionally loved and letting that love flow freely to others, we are, to quote Paul in the next bit, just a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal, you know, really annoying and distracting to others. But in love, we are gifted with the most appropriate spiritual gift for each one of us so that we can play our part in building up each other and therefore play our part in building up the kingdom of God. Has there ever been a greater calling, a greater purpose, or a greater privilege? Let us pray. Father, we thank you for all the gifts you give us. Those that we can see, the family and friends around us, and those we cannot see. Most of all, we thank you for your love that found us, your love that sustains us, and your love that frees us to partner with you. Enlarge our hearts, we pray, that in receiving more from you, we can give more freely and more completely. We ask that you would give each one of us here, at home and here in church, spiritual gifts that best serve you, and in doing so, build Christ's body here in this place for your glory. Through the power of your spirit, and in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.